come on Wednesday, you don't want to miss that one. Okay? Uh, so make plans for that. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Listen, we're going to jump right back into this series called Meeting Jesus. Um, it's a weird series for a church a lot of times. They say, well, what do you know? What do you mean meeting Jesus? I met Jesus. A lot of us meet Jesus as Savior, but like we looked at last week, sometimes we don't meet him as healer. And, uh, and I thought as we were going through these things, I thought, what does Jesus want us to see in him? Um, my mom talks a lot about the 50s. I don't know what in here remembers those, okay? <laughs> but she talks about how it was a, a, a better time and, a, and a, 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 you know, it's one of the best times in history. The music was, there's going to be some 50s music at the picnic too, so. Uh, um, <laughs> said it was the best music, it was the best everything. And I thought, but yet, I see pictures of kids hiding under their desk because they was afraid of, missile, afraid of a missile attack. But yet in our minds, we erase that. So, but at the time, there was so much turmoil going on. There's so much chaos going on in the world. And then we move into the 60s. And then, we, and then the hippie movement is in full bloom. But yet the whole world is full of chaos. Everybody's going around... Peace, you know, and 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 we we heard the, the term make love not war, you know. Uh, it, it's peace, it's peace, and it sounded good, but yet anti-war protests turned violent. The message of peace was lost during the whole time when everybody was yelling peace. And all you have to do is turn on the news now. If you want to get depressed, John, I don't even watch it. You know, I, I serve a king. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about anything else. But we, we turn on the TV and it's, it's turmoil. And this is going wrong and that's going wrong and this is going wrong. There's been, it seems like there's been a constant throughout all of history that God's people has needed. Go, if you will, to Job chapter 3. Job chapter 3. Anybody ever wonder why the things happened to Job happened? I'm going to show you right now. It's easy. It's in this set of scriptures. Job chapter 3. He says, For my sighing comes before I eat, and my groaning pours forth like water. For the thing which I greatly feared has happened to me. The only entrance into Job's life was through his fear. What he feared, he said, what I feared most has happened to me. And that which I dreaded has come to me. Look what he says, I am not at peace. I have no quiet. I cannot rest. And turmoil has come. That's kind of like all of our eyes on I'm not at rest, I have no peace, and turmoil has come. And that's because we have missed who Jesus really is. That word turmoil, it, it means, I think it's up there, it means to harass with commotion, to disquiet, to weary, to be disquieted, to be in commotion. It means to utterly 
an utterly confused or extremely agitated state or condition. That's not like us. Like, I should have peace, but man, when I turn on the TV, there's all this mess. And then I turn around and I look at my family, and there's all this mess. And I turn around and I look at this, and there's all this mess. And it just seems like we're seeing more mess than we are. And we ask ourselves, where's God? Where's God at in the middle of all this? Where's God at in the middle of all this mess? And so we ask ourselves, can peace really be found? Is it even obtainable? <laughs> Go to John 14, verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives. In other words, you're not going to find this kind of peace by hoping the financial situation gets better. You're not going to find this kind of peace by hoping the, your, your person gets in office. No. Why is that so upsetting? You're not going to find this kind of peace by hoping you're, all your ducks get in a row and everything works, there's still going to be chaos. There's still going to be turmoil. So what we need is we need the kind of peace that Jesus left. He says, I'm not giving you peace the way the world's going to give you peace. See, the world will give you peace when everything's working your way, then you're at peace. What God wants to give you is when everything looks like hell, and you still have peace. When, 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 when it's just come in and, and the ceiling's falling around your ankles and hell is risen up your eyebrows, you can still sit back and go, you know what, I think I'll take a nap. I think I'll lay down and rest right here because I know my God. I know who He is. See, I'm not looking for the peace like the world gives me. I'm looking for a peace that only He has left. Look, what, look at the promise. Look at the promise. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. Here's the key for you, ready? I just want to be in God's perfect will. Okay, here it is. God's perfect will is let not your heart be troubled. Hey, guess who's in charge of that? <laughs> let not. Who's in control of that? You're in control of that. You have to let your heart not be troubled. You, when, when everything's going wild up here, you're going to have to grab a hold of something and say, I am not going to allow myself to feel this way. I'm not going to allow myself to go through. Now, we can't do that. We'll look at it. Then I were... Uh, Headed out to uh, register for Bible college. We had saved all this money up. And uh, <laughs> anybody ever get those bills that come out of nowhere? No. We, the day we were leaving for Oklahoma, one of those came up. Everything we had saved for this week-long trip was gone. We're like, okay, I come home from work. She gives me the good news. So what we're going to do, I said, well, we're going to leave at midnight. 
We ain't got no money, and it's all right. What are you going to do? I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to go to bed. And I'm going to sleep. See, this is the peace only God can give you. That when everything looks hopeless, you can still lay down. But you have to, you have to, you have to get yourself. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You have to control this. And is, is this hard? You better believe it's hard. It's difficult to not let your heart be troubled. But it's something you have to do. That word troubled means this. It means to cause an inward commotion. I don't know why he's ever lived this way. To take away his calmness of mind, disturb his equanimity, that's a good one. To disquiet, to make restless, to stir up, to strike one's spirit with fear and dread. I know I'm not talking to anybody in this room today. None of us have ever lived through this. I know, I get it. We're super Christians. To strike one's spirit with fear and dread, to render anxious or distressed, to perplex the mind of one by suggesting doubts. And what's he tell us? You don't let this happen to you. Wait a minute, what? How can I do that? By understanding that you have met Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the one that brings peace when everybody else wants to leave. He's the one that says he'll stand with you. When everybody else has walked away, he says, I'll go with you. I'll be closer to you than a brother. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you to the very end of everything. I will be right there. And see, what happens is I start looking at this, and I start looking at that, and I start getting afraid of this, and I start getting afraid of that, and all of a sudden, that peace that I had in him, I find it's gone. And now I have distress. And now I wonder, how am I going to get through this? Guys, even in the depths of turmoil and agitation, when fear comes, when dread comes, and, and, and they become our, our actual reality, there exists a place in God that is so peaceful, that is so quiet, the problem is we don't get to that quiet place to enjoy it. Sometimes, you, you know sometimes that even Jesus got tired of the crowds. He got tired of the noise. And so the word says he would steal away. He would go away. Of course, him being Jesus, they'd end up following him. But there's a time when you need to say enough's enough. I'm not, I can't sit and think on this stuff anymore because your best laid plans are probably not good enough anyhow. There's a time when you have to say, I'm just going to trust God. Everything else can come. Everything else can go. It can all fall apart. But I am going to be crazy enough to act like His Word is true and I am going to trust God. And in this place, we find this peace. It's not like the world gives us. So what is peace? What, it, what does peace actually mean? Peace is a, a state of quiet tranquility. That sounds good, don't it? 
It's freedom from disturbance or agitation. Are you agitated? Everybody else has learned they're looking like this. I got one person back here going, yep. <laughs> then you have a job to do. You have to not let your heart be troubled. Not let this agitation. Listen, I, I, I wish I could say I do this right all the time, Zach. I don't. But more often than not, I've had people tell me, well, somebody's got to worry about it. Okay, but it don't have to be me. Because I figured out sometime, long ago, I had somebody say to me, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Well, if it's God's bill, then why do I have to worry about it? And if I'm going to, listen, do you think that Reese or Sydney ever once worried what they were going to eat? Did they ever once worry if they were going to have clothes? No, they got up in the morning, they played, they did their thing, all because they knew, hey, mom and dad will take care of it. Why can't we do the same thing with God? Why do we sit and worry about everything that's coming when we can't sit back and just rest in the fact that our Father cares for us so much and so deeply that He promises to meet our every need? Yeah, but what if he don't do it the way I want him to? He never said he was going to do it the way you want him to. He just said he'll meet your needs. He'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, but I got a plan. Your plan don't matter. <laughs> John chapter 16. So who are we meeting today? It's the Prince of Peace. And I don't know what if anybody here right now is going through it. You said, man, my life's turmoil. My life's chaos. Well, I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to introduce you to the one. Look what he says. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. The only place to find this peace is in him. The only place to find this freedom from turmoil is when I rest in him. Not when I try to figure it out. Not when I got plan A and plan B. And some of us are such good planners, we got plan C, D, and E fixed out too. So if I, I can't do it this way, then I'm going to do it this way. And if I can't do it, somebody back there drop their head and put their hands in it. <laughs> I've got all these plans worked out. I can do this. It's A, B, C. And listen, I've got, I've got every, every, every angle I could do it. But when did, where does God come in? Where does God come in our plans? Where we sit back and say, you know what? I'm just deciding right now that I'm going to trust you. No matter what. I have told you these things so that in me. Now look at this promise from God here. Nobody likes this part. In the world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said it. For most of you, if you got a red letter Bible, it's in red. That's a promise. In this world, you're going to have to. Things are going to happen. Times are going to be difficult. There are things that's going to come up that I didn't plan on. That wasn't in my agenda. 
In this world, you'll have tribulation. But look what he says. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He said, in me is where you have this peace. Isn't it funny that when chaos goes on in our lives, we look at everything else to solve it? And then when everything else has failed, we finally hit our knees. Oh, God. And he wonders, what have you been waiting on? When are you going to quit fighting? I told you, don't let yourself get to this point. Let not your heart be troubled. You don't let ourselves get to that point. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm not going to hold you a long time today. Because you need to know peace. And I don't know who this is for. Maybe for several of you in here this morning. <laughs> but I'll tell you, there's peace. But you got to get in Him. Quit trying to get it everywhere else. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit saying, if this will go this way and this will do this way. We've tried all that, haven't we, Angie? <laughs> First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Beloved, this is a promise. Be not surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you. God, why is this happening to me? Hey, don't be surprised if hard times come. I wish I could sit here and tell you everything's going to be roses all the time. In the life of faith, everything's roses. It's not. That's why sometimes faith's called a fight. That's why sometimes it's called a race. It means you start and then there's a time in between where you're breathing hard. And your legs hurt. And your bones hurt. And your knees. And all this thing happens. But you know who has finished the race ahead of you and has already prepared an easier path for you to travel. He said, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you as though some strange thing happened to you. This is not just some weird, random thing that's happened. It's happened to other people. Nobody has ever went through what I'm going through right now. Come on. How many billions of people have been through this planet? And you think you're so special that it never happened to anybody else. But you know what's the promise? The promise is that Jesus says, I'll never leave you or I'll forsake you, but I'll go with you even to the end of the age. So the very trial, tribulation, the thing that's coming, guess who's going through it with you? And if you need peace in the middle of that, you need to look at in Him. And as you find in Him, there's peace. And in Him, there's But it's too hard. I know, Romans chapter 8. It is hard. But man, He's already promised you victory. Our problem is, we're just not patient enough. I want it right now, God. We're like those, we're like, we're like my kids used to be, like all your kids used to be. Can I have it? Yeah. Can I have it now? 
Wait till we get home. Now? Wait. Now? Wait. Now? I do God the same way. Hey, God, can you do this for me? Yep. Okay. When? Because, you know, if, if I don't get it by my time frame, when are we going to trust a God that's always on time? When are we going to trust a God who understands what we're going through? Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. But to be fleshly minded, carnally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and What if we started looking at all of our chaos through the eyes of the Spirit? What if we started looking at everything as a spiritual incident? See, if I have a mind working through the Spirit, then there's life and peace. But if I'm trying to figure this thing out in my flesh head, that's what carnal means. If I'm trying to figure this out in my flesh head, then it's death, it's chaos. I can't work this out. But what if my mind was set on the Spirit? What if I looked at every problem, every issue, and in that I become spiritually minded, and in my spiritually minded place, there's life and there's peace. <clears throat> Let's say it this way. There is no peace outside a mind that is set in the spirit. There is no peace outside of a mind that is set in the spirit. And that's why you turn on the news and see what this side thinking this, this side thinking this, this side doing this, this side doing this. You know why? Everybody's thinking with their flesh head. When do we, as the body of Christ, step up and say, I'm going to quit thinking with my flesh head. I'm going to start having spiritually minded ideas, spiritually minded thoughts, because only then do I experience the life and the peace of God. Go to chapter 14 of Romans. Chapter 14 of Romans. <coughs> Look what he says about the kingdom of God here. For the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So how do I know if I'm walking in the kingdom of God? Well, righteous, I'm righteous. But there's two other things that come with that, Pastor Ted. It's peace and joy. When I'm walking, that's right, dude. You got it. I wish we would all just get it. Why can't we all just take it like that? When we won't not have one, if I'm not in the kingdom, I don't have peace and I don't have joy. So what does my life look like? I need to look at my life. Am, am I walking in peace and I'm walking in joy? Well, no, I'm not. Okay, then watch out of whack. Because now I've become fleshly head-minded, carnally-minded. And in that, there's only death, chaos, destruction. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If we have to face trials and hard times, 
then where does peace come in? Well, you have to look for it. It doesn't just pop. Let me tell you something. In the middle of turmoil in my life, peace just doesn't all of a sudden go, hey, here I am. Most of the time, I'm, my brain's going too fast that even if it did show up, I wouldn't recognize it. But when we... <laughs> peace is not the absence of struggle, folks. But it's strength in the presence of trouble. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Oh, if we have peace in the world, then there won't be wars and we'll be... Peace is not the absence of struggle. Peace is strength in the presence of struggle. So what are we running from? If we align ourselves with the Spirit, He promises peace. But we have to search for it. And it takes a little bit. The word search means to look into thoroughly in an effort to find or discover something. You want peace? You may have to find it. That's why he said, let not your heart be troubled. You're in control of this, Sally. Peace is on, it's, he provided it. He don't have to provide it anymore. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. His peace is here. He left it with us. But we have to search for it. We have to go after something in an effort to discover it. We have to look over it. We have to look thoroughly with a purpose, thorough with the purpose of finding it. It means to explore, to examine by inspection. Go to Psalms 34. Y'all still good this morning? You can have peace. Turmoil does not have, chaos does not have to be your life. You ever been around those type of people where chaos is always in their life? You're like, man, how do you live this way? How in the world do you handle, how do you do it? I can't do it. I can't. Look what he says here. He says, turn away from evil and do good. Seek what? And pursue it. What? You mean it's not just going to come? See, that's what we... That, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. And, and I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit doesn't do this at times. When we're going through something hard, all of a sudden, oh, there's peace that just came. But more often than not, you know what I have to do, Kelsey? I have to go find it. I have to pursue it. Because I don't want my life in turmoil. I don't want to live in chaos all my life. I don't want my mind going all day long. So I go chasing after peace. And I find that in Him there is peace. And when I get closer to Him and I become more spiritually minded and worry less about what's going on, then all of a sudden there's a peace that happens. But I had to do something. See, we, we want God just to be our genie. And let's rub Him up. Let him pop out. Answer all our questions. But here he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open 
Anybody know what a bloodhound is? They pick up a scent and they run. Listen, your faith should be a bloodhound after peace. You should be chasing peace, pursuing peace, trying to live in peace because I don't want this and I don't want that. I don't want to be ready to fight at every drop of the hat. I don't like that anger that's rising up in me. This thing that says, oh, and you don't have an excuse just because you're redheaded. Peace is yours, but you're going to have to do some things to get it. You're going to have to find it. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to choose not to be offended. I heard that. <laughs> I don't even know where that one came from. You got to choose not to be. You, you got to choose not to be angry. Tied it over here. Got to be choose not to be angry. Why? Because that takes my peace. And I just don't have time for it. I don't have time for chaos. I don't have time. I mean, I'm a I'm a chill person. That's why I like it. But you know what? I have to, I have to work to get here. Because there are days when I'd rather just punch somebody in the throat. Don't look at me like that. You want to, too. Come on. I got a phone call from somebody in this room. Said, you're going to have to pray for me. I'm leaving work right now. <laughs> But peace is something we chase. Peace is something we pursue. We pursue Jesus because we know in Him is peace. And if you get there, we have to chase Him down. When our heart is always chasing after God, we can actually live in a place of peace. But if our heart is always chasing to get even, if our heart is always chasing to solve an answer, Peace is going to run from us. And it's not that God didn't give it. God give me peace. He says, sorry, dude. My peace I'll leave with you. He already left the peace. So what's your excuse, old friend? What's my excuse? I have to pursue it. And I know it's great if he just drops it on us. But how do I pursue peace? How do I search for peace? Here's the best place. Isaiah 26, verse 3. He says, I will set him in what? What kind of peace? I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is running all over the place in 18 different directions and try. Women, I know this is hard. I listen, I'm married to one. She talks to me all the time. How do you just sit and think, ladies, trust me, if your guy says that he's thinking about nothing, he's thinking about nothing. <laughs> it's true. There's a place in a man's brain 
and he can go where nothing is happening. We think this is funny. This is science. It's true. So it can be easy. But even in that place, I've got to fill it with Jesus. Or else the chaos is still going on around me. If I want to walk in peace, ladies, they, they should details me all the time. I got 18 different things going through my head all the time. What if we just got our mind set on Christ? That He became the. Now, I know other stuff's going to go through our minds and we're going to think of different things, but what if He was thought number one? What if He was always thought number one? And I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. That means he has to be in the forefront. He has to be at the forefront of every thought, in the forefront of every idea, of every situation. Whether it's good or bad, he's got to be in the forefront. Because if I am going to pursue peace, I have to pursue Jesus. And I have to pursue him in my thoughts because he says he'll keep him in. Not, hey, I don't know about y'all, but I like that sound, perfect peace. Not a little bit of peace. Not a, just a short, you know, moment. But perfect peace whose mind is stayed. And I have to do this. The only person that can control your mind is you. I can't lay hands on you. For you to control your mind, Holy Spirit can't rise up in you and make you control your mind. This is something you're going to have to do. And understand, just like Jesus said, trouble comes. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're almost done. Meeting Jesus, the Prince of Peace. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, for the weapons of... Chapter 10, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. They're not of the flesh. They're not carnal. But are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we get all excited and we get our Pentecostal gumption on. We're going to pull down strongholds. Well, I went to the enemy's camp. And we get all pumped up and that verse has, these verses have nothing to do with that. Have nothing at all to do with that kind of warfare. To the pulling down, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down what? Imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity that's why God gave you the spiritual weapons you got to bring your thoughts into captivity and as you take captive your thought life then peace will reign in your life when you do this he said pursue peace go after it how do I do this I quit letting turmoil go on up here but how do I turn it off? I make Jesus go number one. He will keep him a perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. I want you to have peace. 
See, I want us to come into here to praise and worship, and it just be the craziest time in the world. Because everybody's got, they worry about their problems. They worry about their trials, they worry about their tribulations, they're not worried about their struggles, because life can be life. Troubles are going to come. Jesus already said it would. So I'm not surprised, like Peter said. But I put him at the forefront of my thoughts. And when I put him at the forefront of my thoughts, and I work, when, when my brain goes, yeah, but what about this? No, 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 I'm taking authority over you, brain. I will think on him. I will ponder on him. I will remember him. I will pursue Jesus. And when I do, peace follows him because he is the Prince of Peace. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and taking into captivity every thought. Don't let your thoughts get away from you. Don't let your thoughts get away from you. Grab them. And what does he say? Bringing every thought into, the, uh, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And look what he says. Being ready to punish all disobedience. Well, where's the disobedience? He's just talking about your thoughts. So every thought... That is not that with Jesus in it is a thought of disobedience. Whenever it says, but what about this? And all of a sudden the knowledge of God says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. All of a sudden I'm worried about this. Guess what? It's exalted itself above the knowledge of God. And I've got to grab that thing. And I've got to quit letting it get a hold of me. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, and we're done. Probably not, but you know. You know what, you know what it means when a preacher says that, right? Nothing. <laughs> Look at this. Be anxious for nothing. He didn't say, I will make you not anxious. What a great thing today. I just want to speak. The name of Jesus over all what? Anxiety. What's it going to take to overcome that anxiety? The name of Jesus. What's it going to take to overcome that depression? The name of Jesus. When He is our thoughts. When He is the one. He says, and be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplications, with gratitude, make your request known to God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will protect your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. But where does, when does that peace come? When I decide I'm no longer going to be anxious. I'm going to go before God in prayer. I'm going to go before Him in gratitude. And then the peace that passes all... You know what that peace that passes all understanding is? They asked me, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? I said, I'm going to go to bed. Remember, I forgot I'll let you on the story now. I didn't forget. I know I was coming back. She said, okay. And I slept like a baby. And when I woke up, she got home. And she said, you'll never believe what today happened. She said, what? She said, I went here and somebody gave me money. 
I don't want to hear that somebody else gave me money. I don't want to hear that somebody else gave me money. So we went to Oklahoma with more money than we had saved up. And she didn't, yeah, she said, I didn't ask. She didn't ask for it. You know why? Because when peace can happen. When she said her mind on God, said, okay, we're just going to trust God. We came in together in agreement. We're just going to trust him. No, no worries. No worries. And she comes home with more than what we had originally. You see, that's letting peace reign. And God creates an atmosphere of miracles when you are at peace. There's an atmosphere of miracles when you're at peace. But if, if all you're looking is this storm and all you're looking is that storm and all you're looking is this storm and all you're looking is this storm, you'll never chase this, this peace. Verse 8. Finally, my brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, think. Now he's telling me what to think. I say that today and she gets mad at me. Don't tell me what to think. But what's God do? He says, think on these things. Whatever's pure. Whatever's lovely. Those are awful peaceful things, Brenda. Whatever it is. Folks, it's the pursuit of peace. It's not a passive endeavor. But it's an active alignment with a spiritual mindset. And for this alignment, we find not just tranquility, but a resilience to get through these trials. True peace is something that comes from a mind that is fixed on Jesus. But the only one who can chase this, the only one who can do this, the only one who can align this up is me. I'm the only one. You can tell me all day long, just relax. Just be calm. Pastor Ted came into my office two years ago and said, listen, I've got a hard thing going on. I've got something that if something don't change, it's bad. So let's pray. First of all, let's, just pr let's not look out here. Let's just pray here. And so we did. And the, and the Lord gave me a word for him, a scripture. And I said, here's what I hear God saying to you. And in that scripture, it wasn't nothing I said that brought him peace. In that scripture... Then he takes it home and shares it with Jody. And he writes it on his board so that he can look at it because we have to actively pursue peace. Jesus has to be at the forefront of our minds. Even in our deepest turmoil, even our deepest struggle, in our hardest fears, in, in, in every state, peace is just not some mythical state of being, but it's waiting Waiting for you to be claimed, waiting for you to claim it, waiting for you to grab hold of it, waiting for you to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And when you do this, then you can walk in His peace, a perfect peace, because He's first. Let's pray. And as I pray, uh, I got a prayer team that's coming up right now.
They're coming up. They want to pray with you. If you have something going on, if you have sickness, if you are, are having a, a, a struggling time, these guys are here to pray with you. So let's pray together. And then when service is over, come up. Let one of these guys pray with you. Let one of them help you in your pursuit for peace. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you in the beauty of your holiness. We praise you for everything you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us meet you as the Prince of Peace. As the turmoil in our lives can end, give us the strength to continue moving forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.